Hey there, and welcome to The Odo Approach, a podcast created by medical students for medical students to teach you about all things otolaryngology. I'm your host, Katie, and today we're going to be joined by Dr. Travis Pickett. Travis is originally from Corner Brook, Newfoundland. He completed his undergraduate degree with an honors in biochemistry and a minor in chemistry. He completed his MD at Memorial University of Newfoundland, where he was awarded the accolades of the Canadian Medical Hall of Fame Award and the Chancellor's Award. He is also the co-founder of a 3D printing and healthcare company, PolyUnity, currently based in St. John's, Newfoundland. His interests are in medical technologies as well as in arts and medicine. He is currently completing his first year of residency training in otolaryngology head and neck surgery at the University of Ottawa. So thank you so much for joining us today, Travis. All right. Well, thanks for having me, Katie. I really appreciate it. So Travis, I wanted to start by asking how you realized you were interested in otolaryngology in the first place. Yeah, I guess my my story is a little bit of a funny one. So a lot of people come into medicine knowing kind of what they want to do. Most people don't. But uh, for me, I didn't even know that surgery was an option. Um, but I guess in my after my first year of medicine, I, I shadowed surgery and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, and it was from there that I was introduced to all the different varieties of specialties of, uh, in, in surgery. It was my friend, Michael Bertellis, that actually introduced me to ENT. He kind of showed me the different types of things that they can do. And from there, I just started looking into it a little bit more myself. I had some excellent mentors back in Newfoundland. Some of the some of the surgeons there that I worked with were, were great for just, you know, having me around and, and letting me help out. And then my interests were kind of solidified when I when I thought about what you're really doing with ENT. I really enjoyed the fact that you're working with the special senses. You're kind of working with people's, you know, ability to interact with the world around them. You know, it's their voice, it's their hearing, it's their face, it's the way that people perceive the world and how people perceive them. And I thought that was really powerful. And I felt like it was some somewhere where, you know, I really wanted to help make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of medical students are fascinated by work happening with the special senses, kind of like what you had mentioned. Would you say the breadth of the specialty is something that drew you to it as well? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was... I always had difficulty kind of uh, picking what I wanted to do. It was never an easy decision for me. I'm a little bit indecisive. But what I like about ENT is that it is so broad. There are so many different subspecialties in it. So it's still a little bit of choose your own destiny within residency as well. I still have a little bit of time to, to think about what type of discipline within ENT I want to do. You know, there's laryngology, head and neck surgery, pediatric otolaryngology, facial plastics, rhinology, otology. I mean, it's it's just a, such a wide variety, um, and every discipline is so different. Yeah, wow. It seems like there are a lot of really unique avenues available to you. So, of course, you're a PGY1 in Ottawa right now. How have you been enjoying your first year as a resident? It's been good. You know, I, I moved here at an interesting time <laughs> during, the, uh, during the pandemic, so that definitely afforded its challenges as well. You know, a lot of the social aspects of residency that you, you come to enjoy that I heard about in first year, you know, probably haven't been the same. But what's good is that, you know, I, I have a lot of off-service rotations in first year. So I get to meet a lot of different people through these rotations and get to know people around the hospital. So that's been really helpful. Residency itself is always a steep learning curve for everybody, no matter what discipline you're in, no matter what program you're in. 
it's always it's always a change from medical school but along the way you you make friends you get more independence and you you enjoy yourself yeah okay so it sounds like you're having a pretty good time despite what i'm sure have been some challenges due to the pandemic can you explain a little bit about what you mean by off-service rotations and what that looks like? Mm-hmm. So off-service means you're covering a specialty that is not the residency that you are training in, essentially. Um, so when I'm on service, that would mean that I'm on ENT. Residency is broken up into blocks throughout the year that are four weeks long each. And so in my first year, I do three blocks of ENT. Um, and the rest are off service. So this could be a wide variety of things. So there are different surgical specialties that we cover and non-surgical specialties. Interestingly, we do a palliative care rotation here in Ottawa, which was really valuable, but we do things spanning from neurosurgery to plastic surgery, trauma surgery, thoracic surgery. It's, It's a really good variety. Okay. So it seems like you definitely have some nice variety there. It's really cool that palliative care has been incorporated into the program. Yeah, I think it's it's really important. You know, we in ENT, uh, we have a lot of very sick patients sometimes. You know, the head and neck oncology population can be incredibly sick, and we need to be able to have these difficult conversations with patients and their families and loved ones all the time. So it was really, really valuable. What was it like for you transitioning from medical school to residency? It was good. I mean... The transition to residency is it presents its challenges for everybody, right? And like I said before, like it doesn't matter what program you're doing, it doesn't matter what specialty you're trading in. You have this increased sense of responsibility now. And at 3 a.m. when you're on call, <laughs> you gotta make decisions, right? You always have backup there. So what's what's been really nice is, you know, the rotations that I've been on, I've felt very supported in the decisions that I make. And over time, you start to become a little bit more independent. I remember, you know, first starting residency and putting in orders for Tylenol and getting really like nervous about it. Be like, oh my god, <laughs> because you can finally sign off on things, and and that's a that's a big change. But uh, yeah, over time, you just get more comfortable within your scope of practice, and it's really good. It's a very collegial environment here in Ottawa. I have to say, I, I've really enjoyed it. Would you mind just walking us through a normal day as a PGY-1? Yeah, it depends on what rotation I'm on, but uh, I can focus on, I guess, an ENT block. So again, it depends a little bit if you're on pediatric ENT versus adult ENT. So adult ENT, I'll typically wake up at around 5. I like to have a little bit of time in the morning before I go into work. Rounding would typically start at around 6, anywhere between 6 and 6.30. And from there, you go to clinic or the OR, depending on whatever you're scheduled for that day. You'll typically carry the day pager as a junior resident. So any consults that come in, any ward issues that come up, you're responsible for handling throughout the day, filing clinic or in the OR. And then, you know, if any urgent uh, consults come up, you go see it, but typically try to see any consults, you know, after your duties for the day are finished, review with your senior residents when you have a chance, round again at the end of the day if you need to, and then uh, head home. When we're on call for ENT, we, we cover three different sites. So we cover the, the general campus, uh, we cover the Ottawa Civic campus, and we cover 
the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario. So call kind of spreads you in all these different directions. And that's a bit of a transition as well. But once you get used to it, it's, it's pretty good. Um, so for call, um, what's nice in first year is we're always assigned um, a senior resident to work with. So anytime you have a consult, you can review with them. Anytime there's a procedure or an OR, they can they can be there to help as needed. Um, and then in second year, we start uh, senior call. Okay, right. That makes sense. What have been some of the highlights for you so far? Yeah, so I guess the the biggest highlights is just really looking back and realizing how much you learn. So I guess I'm, you know, getting close to being done my first year of residency now. And looking back on this year and realizing how much independence I've gained, how much I've learned, how much I've done, it's pretty incredible to think about and to realize. So either passively or actively, you're learning a lot every single day. You're really getting involved in a lot of procedures. You're the person doing it, you're hands-on, whether it's in the OR or down to emerge, you're the one of doing the procedures all the friends that i've made along the way like maybe the social situation isn't as great here in lockdown but uh <laughs> you know i've made a lot of friends and I, i'm gonna hopefully continue to make a lot of friends throughout the next five years it's it's been really good so when you say you're involved in procedures what are some of the common procedures you'd be involved in as a resident and what's your role yeah it kind of depends on the on the rotation Every every rotation kind of has its like bread and butter junior resident skills that you that you get involved in. For ENT in particular, epistaxis is something that we we get very comfortable with in first year uh, as juniors. So learning all the different techniques of of stopping epistaxis, draining peritonsillar abscesses, draining abscesses in general. That would be like things that we do in emerge fairly frequently in the OR tonsillectomies. Like we get to do readily throughout first year so I did two blocks of pediatric ENT and by the end of it I was I was doing tonsils fairly independently which was great same thing with adenoids myringotomy tubes and then any other larger procedures you're you're there to assist on and if you're first assist you're helping out throughout every step of the procedure so we've been chatting a bit about the interesting and fun aspects of residency but obviously there are going to be some challenges that come with that as well what have been some of those challenges for you and how have you been able to overcome them? <laughs> Hearing the call, Pager, for the first time. <laughs> I'll never forget my first block that I was like really on call was thoracic surgery. And it's technically home call, but I was so nervous that I just decided I was going to stay in the hospital. I, I just didn't want to go home in case something came up. And then I remember someone went into atrial fibrillation like in the middle of the night it was like 3 30 in the morning and i was like man like i can't call the fellow about this i need to be able to handle this <laughs> so <laughs> and i know how afib is managed but when you're the person making the call at 3 30 in the morning you really want to make sure you're the one making the right call <laughs> so the nurse called me from the ward and i I was like, okay, yeah, sure, great. Just give me a minute. <laughs> and I ended up like just taking time. I remember like scrolling through up to date, uh, all these resources online, like really just like trying to definitively decide on what my best management was going to be. And I spent like 20 minutes just like researching what I was going to do before I called back. And she was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> so really just like, <laughs> 
gaining the confidence in your in your initial decisions, right? Like you know what you need to do. It's just making sure you know you know. And I think that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges, right? Gaining the confidence in yourself. But it comes with time and experience. You know, I don't get as nervous now when the pager goes off. <laughs> It goes off a lot. It goes off all the time. <laughs> and you kind of, after seeing how things can go right and how things can go wrong with things on the ward or in emerge, you start to get more comfortable with things that you can handle. Yeah, it definitely seems like developing confidence in your own abilities would be kind of an ongoing challenge during residency for sure. So how do you balance your duties as a resident with other aspects of your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a wide variety of interests, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> but you just you learn to make time for things that are important. You know, residency can be tough. And it's important to learn how to make time for yourself during residency as well. You want to read around your cases and stuff as much as possible. But I try my best not to take work home with me. If I'm off for a weekend, I'm off for a weekend kind of thing. And really just, you know, time management is everything. You're going to have a lot of different duties, whether it's research, presentations you need to give, different courses, ACLS, ATLS that you need to do on the side as certification for residency. And so just learning to balance all those things is just super important. Learning to triage what needs to be done now and what can wait. (laughs) So we kind of already touched on the breakdown of your rotations in your first year of residency, but how are things structured throughout the rest of your residency? Right. So first year is what I like to see it as is it's how you become a better specialist moving forward. So all the off-service rotations that we do are disciplines that, you know, we as ENTs will interact with in some way or another. So first year is mostly off-service Uh, with some introduction to to ENT blocks. Second year is is kind of when you really take a deep dive into ENT. So we just do one off-service block as a senior ICU resident in second year, and then everything else is ENT. And it's kind of more broad strokes ENT. We do a couple of subspecialty blocks, genotology, say, but then the rest is really like the broad, so like head and neck oncology, site-specific junior resident, and that kind of thing. Starting in third year and all throughout fourth year and fifth year, you're doing, you know, your general ENT blocks, but also like all the different subspecialties within ENT. So laryngology, otology, facial plastics, rhinology, a little bit of everything kind of scattered throughout. Our Royal College exam for ENT has been moved to the beginning of fifth year. And so that's that's a bit of a, a recent change um, that's happened across Canada. So now, instead of studying throughout the most of fifth year for the exam at the end of the year to finish residency, there's more time allotted near the middle and end of fourth year into the beginning of fifth year to study for the exam. And then what's nice about that is that it allows you to focus the rest of the year on operating as a senior resident and really refining your skills before going off into your different paths. Because at that point, you typically know where you'll be going after residency, whether you'll be going into a fellowship or whether you'll be starting a practice. And so you can tailor your learning needs based on that. I kind of skipped over third and fourth year a little bit in terms of like electives. So fourth year, students will typically do a lot of electives and whatever fellowship discipline they'd like to do. Fellowship interviews and, and everything typically happens, you know, in fourth year or fifth year, and people find out kind of all throughout there. That sounds pretty exciting. Are there any books or other resources that you found to be particularly helpful in your first year? 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, for just like quickly reading up on topics, uh, I'll still typically use Pasha's Otolaryngology. I bought a couple of other books. So Lange Otolaryngology, Head and Neck Surgery, published by McGraw-Hill, Cummings uh, Otolaryngology, uh, I've purchased. And that's kind of like a long-term resource um, that I'll use throughout residency. ENT Secrets can still be helpful as well, which I know what a lot of medical students uh, typically use. One Resource that I use a, a fair amount for helping with call um, would be an app called MD on Call that just helps you with some kind of general ward type things that may come up throughout. And as always, like up to date is always very useful. And then reading around specific cases, I, I would you know always go back to the literature and, and look up best approaches. Okay. So we're coming to the end of our interview here, but I just wanted to ask if you have any advice for our senior medical student listeners about how to make the most of their PGY1 year. I think what's really important is, you know, it can be easy to get lost in the fact that you're not on your on your specialty rotation a lot of the times in PGY1, but I think it's still important to see every day as a learning opportunity. You're gathering skills that make you a better overall physician. This is you know, one of the last times that you'll ever be doing things outside of ENT that will contribute to your knowledge of, of being a better doctor. And, you know, it's important because we do interact with these specialties all the time in many different ways. And it's important to learn their perspectives. Um, it's important just to, you know, become collegial with other people throughout the hospital. If you make friends, it makes your life easier when you're on call and when you have to call people about certain things that you're not sure about. When you have to consult other services, it's nice to hear a, a friendly voice on the other end of the line. But yeah, enjoy every day as much as possible is, is all I can really say. You know, the responsibility grows throughout uh, residency. It doesn't go away. <laughs> and so you just build on your foundations of knowledge that you develop in, in PGY1 and uh, become a better doctor overall. Okay. That's great, Travis. Thanks so much for chatting with me today and for giving us kind of an inside view into what it's like being a first-year resident. Thank you very much for having me. And if anybody ever wants, they can they can reach out to me at any time on, on any social media platform if they have any further questions. Happy to help. Awesome. Thank you. And thanks to everyone that tuned in for this episode. You can head over to our website at www.theotoapproach.com to learn more about the podcast. And you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, I'd like to extend a special thanks to the Department of Surgery at the St. John Regional Hospital for their generous support. See you next time.